Promotional consideration paid for by the following. StevieRichardsFitness.com. Join the SRF resistance today. Russo'sBrand.com. Get the real shoot from the most controversial personality in wrestling, Vince Russo. Lethal Vendetta. Hailing from Sydney, Australia, this band comes armed with the ultimate artillery, a precise and highly effective blend of thrash, groove, and traditional metal which pays homage to the great metal titans that have come before them. Check out lethalvendetta.bigcartel.com and download their music on all digital media outlets. The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. October 3rd, 2019, and you are listening to HTM Sports either at hittingthemarks.com or hackerhami.podbean.com. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. That's my tag team partner. He's the man, the myth, the legend, the crack spider, the real RBV. Rick, welcome back to HTM Sports. It's me, it's me. It's that R to the beat of the beat. Rick Vickery back again. Hashtag HTM Sports and HTM Boys on the HMG. I tell you what, with so much pro wrestling going on this week, the head is rolling. It's going to be nice to, to take a little break, step aside, and, and dive into the world of the world of sports. The great, the great world of sports. The the week has absolutely belonged to the world of professional wrestling. But Rick, there has been some big news going on. We have a a couple of big college football games this week. We're going to talk about the upcoming week inside of the NFL. We've got a, a little bit of basketball to talk about. The NHL dropped the puck on their season opener last night. And we have to start in the liberal state of California, your favorite place on the face of the earth. They have signed into the action this new Fair Play to Play Act, and I don't want to take the whole show on this thing, but I felt like we had to touch on it, and I feel like this is one of those things that we could do an entire show on. I absolutely hate this thing. I want every college inside of the state of California thrown out of the NCAA. I don't want them to be able to participate in the NCAA tournament. I don't want them to be able to participate in NCAA bowl games. I'm I'm done with the state of California, man. And and this one kind of takes the cake for me. Well, you know, when it comes to to my geo hate, uh, every you know it, it, that number one spot used to belong to the Great North Canada. Uh, luckily for them, they they have been they've been they've moved down the list a little bit. They've jumped all the way down to three, all the way down to three, up in that number one spot. Certainly, who was right there at number two? That's just moving up a spot is California. And when I initially saw this, you and I were talking off air a couple of nights about this, and immediately, you know, I just go these damn leftists, these damn snowflakes, this liberal state of California, this this absolute burden on the rest of this country. And immediately, I go there, but you know, so I paid some time. To, to really dive into this, study what this thing's about, where it's intended to go. And as you said, we could probably talk about this for the whole half hour. And I'm sure we're going to revisit this almost weekly as, as more unfolds here because here in the early stages, it's very unclear what this is intended to do. To me, this is just uh, politicking 101. They're just trying to throw something out there to create some kind of buzz, get something going. So, And not to you know get into the conspiracy theory on this side. I know we have that all over here on the HMG platform. Usually, when we get something like this, they're they're covering up something else. You know, it's you know, look what's going on over here. It's that old magic trick, that sleight of hand. But in itself, you, 
you nailed it right there. You hit the mark, Jarville. The state can come in and say whatever they want about it. They can okay and and push you know push this agenda. What ultimately comes down to the NCAA. They make the rules. They're the ones that are running the show. This is their program, not the state of California. It's not any other state that wants to kind of piggyback on this thing. It's, it comes down to the to the NCAA. Then outside of that, when you actually get in to how those things written, there's so many loopholes. You know who's going to get paid, how much you're going to get paid, and in it is early going here. You have really got to shore some things up, or you're gonna you're gonna open up a can of worms that you're not going to really control. You're gonna start major monopolies, and it's going to be more detrimental to college and what that's intended to do than anything else. For those who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about California Senate Bill 206, which is commonly referred to as the Fair Pay to Play Act. And it makes it now legal for individuals going to California universities to basically take their scholarship money and then they can go and they can hire agents to seek out business deals using their faces, their likenesses and their names. So this is not the universities actually paying the athletes. This is all going to be done through endorsement deals. Okay. That's my biggest issue with this thing. If you want to give these kids some more money while they're going to school as, as part of their, their package, as far as their scholarship and their room and board and all that goes fine. Cool. We can discuss that, but they're actually giving these kids the ability to go out and hire agents and you mean to tell me, I, we see this with AAU basketball in particular, that these AAU coaches are controlling where these kids are going throughout the country. And there's a certain select number of schools, Kentucky being one of them, Duke being one, North Carolina, the, the top echelon of these schools, these AAU coaches are directing the kids to go to these schools. You think the agents aren't going to do the same thing? Let's say, Rick, you're there in Ohio right? Ohio State has been the best football program probably over the last decade, not named Alabama. USC, on the other hand, is in the freaking toilet. Now, if you're both recruiting the same kid and the school basically just tells them, hey, if you come to USC, you can hire an agent and you can get all of these endorsement deals, but they can't do that in Ohio. This is going to be a freaking nightmare. Well, and then, you know, just outside of – like how you, you also laid it out there as well. I mean you're going to have all these all these people in bed with each other, and you're going to have so much dirty money floating around from, you know, from these youth programs or whatever that might be. It, it, they might infiltrate the high schools, you know, because every, every area has these high schools that, you know, where they kind of recruit, they pull in. You know, here in southern Ohio, powerhouse is Moeller. You know, for years they were – you know, they – it's a private school. You can pull individuals in. It's damn near impossible for the public schools to compete with something like that. They could get in bed. The AAU programs, these agents, uh, you're going to have – and then the big bucks. You know Who's going to be pulling those strings? Nike, Adidas, they're going to be floating all this money around. Uh, that's going to be your big issue. And then as – and how did we distribute this money? Is it you know just that individual? I mean let's let's take you know one of our favorites who's the hottest name out there from college baseball making that transition, Zion. You know, is Zion, is he going to get paid the same as the guy sitting at the end of the bench that doesn't get any playing time with Duke? 
Well, it's an endorsement deal. So the the, uh, the kid sitting at the end of the bench probably doesn't have any endorsements at all. And you know who else doesn't? The women's track and field team, the swimming team, the wrestling team. All these programs are going to become absolute nightmares for these schools. So you know what they're going to do? Oh, that's cool. We don't need women swimming anyway. And they just cancel the entire program. Well, and I love how you bring the women's aspect into this because – while this is a sponsorship, this is outside funding. This is going to have an. This is going to certainly have an impact on the universities themselves. You know, where does Title IX come into play into this thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with an endorsement deal, you're still a college. You're still a college athlete, a student athlete there. Uh, if you know, if Susie Susie swim team gets a sponsorship from from Nike, I mean, is there some sort of ceiling in there where it says she has to get the same deal that the basketball, the, the dude basketball player gets, that Zion gets? There's a lot. There's a lot to be sorted out here. When it gets back to the very basics of it, though, at ground level, college is an amateur sport. This is this is an, an extra activity to be a part of, and and this is why I hate all this talk of expansion for these playoffs because it's just they're, they're grabbing at money here. Who cares who the national championship is? These are student athletes trying to better themselves and get themselves ready for the real world. New York and South Carolina also talking about passing bills similar to these. Um, I haven't seen the actual bills on those to read the language to see if they're exact copies or what. This is a terrible can of worms to open up. This is just a bad idea all the way around. Like I said, if you want to get these kids some more money so that they're not living off 20 bucks a week while they're playing, you know, collegiate sports, totally get that. If you want to pay them the same amount as they do for a work study somewhere else at the university, totally get that. Completely on board. We can have those conversations. This, this is not the way to do it. Uh, let's shift and let's talk about Percy Harvin. Uh, our friend Ryan K. Bowman over at thegorillaposition.com wanted to bring this up. Percy Harvin, here's the quote. There's not a game that I played. I wasn't high. Rick, evidently, like, Percy Harvin just, you know, lighting up in the tunnel, getting his buzz on before he go out and play wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks or the Minnesota Vikings. I don't see why anybody is surprised by this thing. However, this kind of goes back to the, the previous topic with the NCAA. I don't care if you're in Seattle and marijuana is legal. Inside of the NFL, it's a banned substance. Now, granted, I think everybody who smokes marijuana knows how to get around a marijuana test, especially if you know the test is coming. But, Rick, I wanted to educate some people here because what he said very well may be true. But this also could have explained some of the terrible games that Percy Harvin played because, you know, maybe he got the wrong kind of weed. I was going to go to the Super Bowl, but then I got high. I mean, that's like you said, though, we're talking about the NCAA mix rules, the NFL mix rules. If I'm, if I'm sitting at HQ, I'm at the NFL offices here. I am absolutely furious that he would come out here and present a thing here because it exposes your testing program. Exactly. It shows these it shows these weaknesses, these holes here that you're not in control of your situation. And you've got an individual going out there who's under the influence of a substance that creates a very dangerous situation in a very high impact game. You know, we just saw uh, perfect, you know, just last week with that very, very just complete, disgusting vicious hit uh in the Raiders Colts game there and he's gone for the year here. I mean you got people up there that are head hunting here. Uh now you got somebody that that maybe not has he doesn't have all their senses about them. And, and I know you know people that are regular, you know, that partake of partake of uh, 
the pleasures of marijuana, such as that, as yourself there, you, you can function normally. But when you get on in the field, that's a different dynamic. That's a different beast. Well, and it's it's interesting because he doesn't necessarily tell the full story here. I want to know what he was smoking. All right, because they're, they're inside of the marijuana family, there's a whole lot of different kinds. There's a whole lot of different strains and they all have their own individual effects. Like I guarantee you, he wasn't going out there and smoking an indica because if you sit there and you smoke an indica before you go to play football, you know what you're going to do? You're going to be sitting at the end of the bench drinking Gatorade like mad and wishing to hell you had a bag of Doritos. Now, if he's smoking a sativa before he's going out there, which is typically my cup of tea, that's going to give you more energy. It's going to give you more focus. These, this is like your, your daytime weed, right? So he's probably smoking a sativa during the day. He's smoking an indica at night, but everybody just wants to say, oh, he was smoking weed. Like th there are distinct different traits to the different strains and the different families inside of the marijuana family. Well, I'll tell you overall, I guarantee you who's not going to be smoking any more weed on the field. What a dumbass. Why would he even come out and say that? He just exposed his own business. Well, yeah. There is that. Uh, personally, you know, if I was him, I'd be going out. I'd be smoking me some Kush. You can get me some, get me some bubblegum Kush, and oh, yeah, good stuff. All right, so let's let's shift and let's talk about some actual sports, Huckleberry. Wanted to start off with some college football. Um, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but to me, the game of the week is number fourteen Iowa. Going into number 19, Michigan, I am not an Iowa homer. Yeah, I'll pull for the Hawkeyes on Saturday, but I don't live and die with the Hawkeyes. I can't believe that they're number 14 in the country. I can't believe there's only 13 teams in the country that are better than the Iowa Hawkeyes. The Iowa Hawkeyes do not impress me at all. But going into number 19, Michigan, Rick, when you actually look at the Big Ten standings, this is going to be a huge game. <clears throat> yeah, certainly. When we're talking about where this thing is going to fall at the end of the season, we're going to look back at this as one of the the, the the season changers inside the Big Ten. And more so, you know, here in Ohio, very close to the Miss Michigan situation. We always keep our eye on what's going on, you know, just a little to the north of us here. Coming off that that just devastating, I don't want to say, you know, almost embarrassing loss two weeks ago uh, for the Wolverine Nation. You know, a lot of question then, you know, even coming into this season, I mean, Harbaugh has to perform. I mean, everyone thought, you know, if they could run this table – and it's always if he could get by Ohio State, everything's great for them here. Uh, you, you get a little bit of a, a sidetrack last week or two weeks ago. I would say it's a complete derailment. Uh, very embarrassing for them. They can bounce back here. Uh, I, I want to say in a sense that they, they really need this one. They, they got to prove this at home. They lose this thing in the big house. I mean, it's it's almost the fat lady is, is warming up her vocal cords when it comes to Harbaugh's tenure in Michigan. I think it's over. I think if Iowa goes into Michigan and beats Michigan, I think this season is a complete write-off for Michigan, and it wouldn't surprise me to see Harbaugh gone before the end of the year. I mean, losing to Wisconsin and losing to Iowa, and you still have Penn State coming up, you still have Ohio State coming up. Like, I, If Michigan finishes a three-loss team inside the conference, Harbaugh is gone. That, that is his saving grace, and that's why I don't say he's completely done. He could lose this game, and I mean, and the Wolverine Nation would be in an uproar. But he has one saving grace that could be his out card, and that would be he would have at that point he would have to at, at any rate right now he has to beat Ohio State. 
He can lose this Iowa game and still have a chance to keep his job if he can beat the rookie coach Dave from Ohio State. Now, he loses that Ohio State game. I regularly said he should just undress, take that take that Michigan shirt off right there on the field and just walk out the side door. Don't even go into the locker room because your tenure is over. Michigan by three and a half is the odds, even though they are the lower ranked team, which brought me to the other big uh, top 25 matchup this weekend. Number seven, Auburn going into number 10, Florida. And Rick, you would assume that Vegas would see this the same way, but they put Auburn over strong. They've got Auburn plus three on the road in the swamp. Well, I think, you know, Vegas is seeing what I'm seeing. I haven't been sold on Florida yet. They haven't really blown me away here. They keep getting by. You know, I know they're a very good football team, but there's something there that it separates them when we're talking about the, that top tier. Uh, and I see them kind of on that lower tier. I think that they might be a little overranked at that. Number one, Clemson narrowly escaped North Carolina last week, 21 to 20. That dropped them to number two in the polls this week. Alabama taking the number one spot with 29 number one votes. Clemson with 18. Georgia at three with four first place votes. And this is something that you don't see very often. The number four team, Ohio State, actually received more first place votes than number three, Georgia. That's something that you just don't see very often. Rounding out the top 10, LSU, Oklahoma, Auburn, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and Florida. Rick, I'm sure that you are going to tell me the Ohio State University is the best team on this list. Well, you you like talking facts, and that absolutely is a fact. Right now, I I know that you're going to throw out me here that you want to see some better competition. You want to see them get into this Big Ten play where they're going to make no they're going to square up with some of the other big dogs here. But you have to you play the schedule that's put in front of you. You play the opponent that is there, and they have absolutely manhandled these, you know, this opposition. What, what was the stat I told you the other day? It was like they've outscored. It's like 262 to like 42 on the season. Some ridiculous stat like that. They're absolutely going out there and dominating. And it almost is to the point that they have to, they have to finish like this because, you know, to make sure that they're getting that respect in this weaker part of the schedule. But – Man, they look so good. They look crisp. Everything is fresh. They're not making mistakes there. They are on point. The argument stands here. I believe that they are the best right now, as, we, as we're sitting here on October 3rd, that they are the best team in the country. And when we're talking about this at the end of the season, as the calendar flips after the national championship, they will, stay, they will be there as your champions. So kind of looking at this top 10, I, I have to assume that the top 10 is going to look rather similar to this come the end of the season, given the teams that are in this thing. So you have Bama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State right now, one through four. Are those one through four come the end of the season? I I, I wanted to throw this at you here uh, in a a very interesting dynamic because they're going to, as we get into the conference play, uh, this thing is stacked with SEC programs. Yep. They're going to play themselves out of this in certain situations. Only, only so many, only the strong can survive in the SEC. Uh, could you see a scenario? And, I, and this would be absolutely, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about, but I mean, it could happen where, where Clemson and uh, the, the weakness in the ACC, could they be pushed out of this top four? The defending champs not even get an opportunity. Well, that's absolutely possible. Um, I think Alabama will probably finish number one now that they are atop at number one. Uh, Clemson, I think, will probably finish inside of the top four. Whoever wins the Big Ten 
I think is going to finish inside of the top four unless there is a two-loss team that happens to win the Big Ten championship game, which is entirely possible. Which we've seen in recent years. Yep. I mean, they, 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 we're talking about the SEC right now playing themselves out. The Big Ten in the last couple of years, they played themselves out of contention here. Uh, on the same hand as Clemson, I'm looking at Oklahoma, and I don't think there's anybody inside of the Big 12 that can keep up with Oklahoma in a track meet, but I still think the best team in the country that I have seen play football this year is LSU. I don't know what they're, where, how they're going to finish inside of that conference, but I think they are the best team I have seen thus far inside of the college football season. But as, as I look at this and I'm talking about you know this you know the possibility of Clemson, the defending champs, and I get an opportunity, I mean I could see it shaking out here. Where obviously I think as you said, once Bama grabbed that number one, they're not gonna they're not gonna give that up for the remainder of the season. They're gonna ride in at number one at the Ohio State, unless Georgia somehow beats Bama, which I, yeah, I just don't think is gonna happen. I, I think they'll be okay going through. Um, Ohio State at two. Now that three and that four gets very interesting to me because I think one of those spots will be occupied by another SEC school. So we'll get two out of the SEC as we regularly have seen. Uh, that four spot, that four spot will be interesting. I think they know that could be a coin flip between Clemson and Oklahoma. Yep. Matter of who who has the bigger track meet. Yeah. And it's going to be about impressive victories. Uh, I think if it's, if it's a tight race, they give the edge just to the defending champs. But Oklahoma could, you know, and we, and we still, we could still see a major upset. I'm not, I'm not so worried about Clemson. I know people are like, oh, they barely survived. They barely survived North Carolina. They tend to do that once a year where they get into some game where a team has no business with them and they just survive it. Yeah, but I don't get what's going on with Lawrence, man. Like th- that kid last year looked like he was going to be a combination of, of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady all in one package. And this year he's I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it went to his head or what. Hey, well, you, you have that that sophomore slump. You know, people figure you out. Uh, maybe you're thinking things a little too through. I mean, you know, he comes in. He's kind of the savior. Everything's fun. That's a different dynamic, a different situation now that it is fully on you. Now, now you are a national spotlight. You know, it's a little different than you know the the little gunslinger having fun. That fun story of you know the upstart. Now there's a lot of expectations, and that changes your mindset. And people come at you differently. And now they figured you out. They got a whole, a damn near whole season of tape on you. Uh, they're preparing for you, and you're getting the absolute best now from everybody because you got that target on your back. Let's talk a little bit of baseball. The playoffs are underway. We saw the Nationals take out the Brewers the other day. They scored three runs in the bottom of the eighth thanks to an error by rookie outfielder Trent Gresham. I feel awful for that kid just absolutely awful game one goes down thursday in los angeles hey that's tonight uh then we also had tampa bay at oakland last night tampa bay getting the big win five to one so rick the playoffs are basically set now we have the cardinals at the braves nationals at the dodgers on thursday friday the twins at the yankees and then it will be the Tampa Bay Rays at the Houston Assholes. I mean, Astros. Uh, and then the Game 2s for the National League on Friday. There's a whole lot going on on Friday. I'm interested to see the ratings for SmackDown up against uh, a couple of these big playoff games. Uh, certainly. And if we've talked about, you know, on our on our wrestling shows, it would be in the locker room on the Humming Media Group or it'd be over at uh, HittingMarks.com at the Hitting Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Fox has done a, a tremendous job 
of advertising, getting the word out there about the move. I, I, hell, I had you know my grandpa yesterday. We were out to lunch, and he was intrigued by it because he keeps seeing it when he's watching these different sports programs. He wants to know what's going on. He, he's even he's he was interested. He's like, oh, I heard the Rocks coming back. You know, are they going to be able to sway some of those people to know? You know, just flip over for a little bit, check out what's going on. But yeah, up against some of these the huge early round playoff games. And this postseason, it's it's going to be pretty interesting. It seems like it might be a walk for the Dodgers through through the NL, but I, I'd never want to dismiss the Cardinals. That franchise knows how to get it done in the postseason. But over in the AL, man, over in the AL, that's going to be very interesting. It, it is going to be, I think, from now, from this round to the pennant, we're going to see some tremendous baseball. I like the Yankees' chances against the Twins. I like the Assholes' chances against uh, the Rays. And finally, we'll see the two best teams in baseball square off. And whoever wins gets the Dodgers. That's pretty much how I see the playoffs I mean, shaking I, out. I, I, would, I would go with you. I, I think, you know, 90, I'm giving the Dodgers 90%. But I, I just, you know, sitting here watching the Central and knowing the history of that franchise with the Cardinals, they, they just know how to get things done in the playoffs. Uh, yep. It's, you know, it's, it, it's kind of like the Patriots and the Steelers. You know, they don't have to look all that great through the regular season, but if you give them, a, if you let them sniff a championship, they're very dangerous. NHL dropped the puck last night. Regular season just starting up, 82 games to go because, you know, it's the cup. Last night we had the Maple Leaves over the Senators. Capitals take down the world champion St. Louis Blues. Rick, did you see that story where they gave that little girl a freaking ring? I did. Um, My God. Pretty good. I, I freaking hate the St. Louis Blues, but goddamn, that was such a class act. That kid, my gosh. Uh, we also saw the Oilers over the Canucks 3-2, to two, and then we had the Sharks and the Golden Knights. Golden Knights winning that one 4-1. to one. Rick, I am so excited because uh, I, I got this uh, fire stick, right? And now I can watch every NHL game, and it gives me my choice of do I want this team's commentary or that team's commentary. It's freaking fantastic. As long as Yano's not on any of them, right? Yep. Fucking Yano. Yano on commentary. Absolutely awful. NBA tips off October 22nd. I'm sure we'll be talking about that in the upcoming weeks and how the Lakers are just going to dominate everybody this season and, and just destroy everyone. And especially the that bastard team across the hall. You know, I'm talking about you, BQ. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You, you and your damn Clippers. Well, speaking of NBA, man, I wanted to ask you, have you ordered your Pelicans jersey yet? No, I have not. I have not. I need to though. I've been I've been looking into it. I've got it down to a couple different styles. Uh, I got to pull the trigger on one here. Of course, uh, you know what I've got there. It's not going to have Zion on it. I'm going to be rocking the Redick. Still showing the Duke love, but I love his. I love that he's going to be down there. Nice. Uh, I there's something about that team, man. The New Orleans Pelicans are one of the most interesting teams inside of the NBA this year. I don't know if they're going to be really, really good or if they're going to be really, really bad, but they are certainly going to be entertaining because that is going to be an up and down the floor team without any question. And I really think, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, I think Lonzo Ball is going to turn into a star down there in New Orleans because he is... If, if, if Lonzo is one thing other than a little bitch, it is a fantastic passer and watching Lonzo dipping dimes to Zion is just going to be ridiculous. And we talk about the youth. Um, 
I guess, you know, for me, a successful season for them is to be floating around that 500 mark. They're going to have some exciting runs, but they are very young. They're going to have to gel together. It's going to be, you know, the story here is what can they do two to three years from now? And hopefully they can actually, they can hold this team together because you do have, you, you have to deal with all those egos. And I can already see, as you mentioned, Lorenzo, oh, I can see old Pops sitting up there going to the press conferences. Oh, he carries his team. Zion's nothing with it, you know, and starting to drive that wedge. They keep things like that in control. This team has a tremendous future. And as you said, they're going to be very exciting to watch, especially out there in the West. So they can float around that 500. Even if they miss the playoffs, it'll be a great success for them this year. Speaking of the NBA, this isn't on the run, but did you hear about this uh, Shaquille O'Neal and Damian Lillard diss track thing? No, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, man. So Damian Lillard issued a a diss track on Shaquille O'Neal and Shaq issued a diss track on on Damian Lillard. And you you should go look them up both on YouTube because I want to know which one you think is better. Uh, Damian Lillard, actually a really good rapper. Uh, but he, he basically tells Shaquille O'Neal that the only reason he ever won a championship was because of Kobe Bryant and Dwayne Wade. And uh, Shaq basically comes back and talks about how, you know, he's no Russell Westbrook. He's no Steph Curry. Hell, he's not even Trevor Ariza. I mean, just <laughs> the two of them talking mad shit. Good stuff. Was that, was, that, was that actually Kobe? It just came out just not so long ago in an interview where he said uh, he would have like four more championships if Shaq wasn't such a lazy ass. I believe that. Yeah, that that actually sounds about right. How many championships do you think that team would have won if those two would have gotten along? Well, I mean, this seems to be, you know, that reoccurring. I mean, I guess, you know, down in Miami with Wade, never, we never heard those issues. At that point, I think, you know, Shaq kind of had matured in and they, those two got along. But hell, it's, I mean, even with Kobe, I mean, you're talking about how many could they have had there? Endless amounts. But hey, what if they could have kept it together in Orlando with him and Penny? Yeah, now, I know injuries came into play there too, but those two did not like each other at all either. No, uh, and, it, and, it, and it came down to some jealousy issues. You know, when when Shaq had to go to the sideline and he saw all this media attention and love that went to Penny and the endorsements, and and that was the beginning of the end between them. Yeah, damn, that Magic team was entertaining as hell when they were getting along. Let's talk about the NFL Week Four in the books, uh, and probably the biggest story of the week: the Raiders. At two and two, which is a story in itself. The Raiders are not awful. Vontez Perfect suspended for the rest of the season after that awful hit over the course of the weekend. Rick, I think they should just throw this guy out of the league altogether. This is his third suspension. It's his twelfth fine for for these dirty hits. How long do we let this go on? I, I I'm done with Vontez Perfect. You know, so it, it I'm very close to this situation. Because for so many years when he was here with the Bengals, uh, and I was not one of these individuals, you continue to hear excuses made for him. Oh, he's playing with passion. This is football. This is what he's doing. No, there's never been an excuse to allow what he brings to the field here. And, and, with, and I guess because he was one of our own, you know, the fans, they, they didn't want to see you know, the wrong and what he was doing. But in actuality, and I'm trying to explain this to individuals. And I've always tried to do this to them. I said, I, why support this? Why support this behavior? Because it's not that they're that they're penalizing us, that the Heath getting suspensions, that we're losing a player, like that they're not trying to rob us of something. He himself took football games away, took wins away from this football team. Uh, going back a couple of years ago, we had Pittsburgh. And I don't even want to say they are a rival to us. Uh, I mean, 
we're not a rival to them. I mean, six, they've got like 65 to like 24 wins. They've got nine straight. And that nine straight wins, we had them beat in the playoffs. And Burfitt goes out there, goes in the, does business for himself, 30-plus yard in penalties on a final drive that eliminates us, takes the game away. That's what he brings to a team. Good riddance. And I hope that he never gets another opportunity. Do you buy the Raiders? This is kind of a fun game that we're going to play today. I I like to call it legit or bullshit. Are the Raiders legit or is this team bullshit? I think there's – can there be a gray area? I think we're going to have a a tale of two teams throughout this season. Uh, One week you're going to say, okay, they got it on track here, and then the next week they're going to go back to Raiders of two years ago where it's a complete train wreck. Any chance this team makes it to 8-8? and I could see them hovering around that. I would lean more towards I, I the seven and nine, six wins. I still think six wins for this team is a pretty good team. You know, I, I, I think that I think that is a successful season for them. Yeah, I think, uh, especially I think they're with, overachieving. Especially with so many questions with the franchise up in the air. You know what's happening with this team. Uh, I think that's a little bit overachieving, and then I would expect a major leap into next year, where you you know if you get six next year, you're looking at that nine win. And that's easy, and that's something that you can do in the NFL. Let's talk about one of my favorite players in the NFL, Teddy Two Gloves. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater. I'm so happy to see that kid back in the league and, and playing well after that hell of an injury that he had up there in Minnesota. Sunday night, the Saints take down the Cowboys 12 to 10 in New Orleans. Uh, Rick, let's just skip right to the Saints here. Are they legit or are they bullshit? Because they're three and one, and Teddy Two Gloves is just out there managing the hell out of this team until Drew Brees gets back into the lineup. I think the Saints can still win the South. Well, I absolutely. I going back a couple weeks ago, we had this conversation. I said, "Don't give up on them." You're talking about one of the you know the top coaches, obviously Hall of Famer. This is a very talented team. You still have got the leadership, the drive there with Brees. You know, from the sideline here, they are very they're very dynamic. They they have opened up this playbook. They're giving you different looks. They're confusing some of these defenses. And to go, you know, go into Seattle, a major statement there in the South. And then to go, you know, handle who everybody is so high on, one of the hottest it is, seems to me almost every year. But now it's they're even more hyped here in the Cowboys to go there and take care of business and hold them down. And, and what was the story there? You know, it wasn't just what they were doing on offense. It was they executed 100% what it takes to beat the Cowboys, and that is holding that running game to under 100 yards, putting it on the arm, putting it on, you know. Make that beat, not, yeah. Yeah. When it goes to Dak, he's not going to be able to produce, and it makes you, and it's just another example of maybe, the, maybe they shouldn't have given that money. And when you hold Zeke under that 100, time after time, we see this, the rest of the weapons, the rest of that machine just not move along. Yep, we talked about this all last season. When it came to the Cowboys, if you can hold Zeke under 100 yards, you can beat the Cowboys. In this game, 18 carries for 35 yards. Whoopty freaking do. Dak Prescott, 1 and 8 when Zeke goes for less than 100. You're, it's time, Huckleberry. I'm ready for you to shill away and, and tell me how great your first place Cleveland Browns are as they topple the Ravens 40 to 25. Go ahead. Let me have it. Tell me how freaking great the Cleveland Browns are. Well, what did I tell you the other day? In the state of Ohio, we, what we are looking forward to here it, within the year, I mean, a national championship in college football. 
a Super Bowl from the Browns because, damn, they are they are looking good. They are clicking. They're going to keep moving forward. And we're going to throw in there, too. We're, we're going to have a, a, a WWE champion, an AEW champion. We're just going to keep bringing the gold to the Buckeye State, that O-H-I-O. Here we go. Rolling the land. But, yeah, hey, you got to give me this. You've had a lot of questions about them. They, they did look great. They they were disciplined. They didn't make many mistakes here, and they just went out there flat out and just outplayed the Ravens. The dogs were hungry, and they were they were chopping on the Ravens. They finally figured it out. Your offense, if if you are going to rely on Baker Mayfield to beat people, you're gonna lose. If you center that offense around Nick Chubb and dominate the time of possession. You're going to win. Nick Chubb has 20 carries for 165 yards in this game. Odell Beckham Jr., on the other hand, seven times he was thrown to, two receptions, a whole whopping total of 20 yards, and OBJ starts losing his shit. Already we're seeing this, that OBJ, if he ain't getting his touches, he OBJ going to be OBJ. He's Randy Orton. Frustration was settling in there, and let's, he didn't get that first reception until the fourth quarter. Yep. They came very late in the game, kind of throwaway catches. Yeah, and him and the corner getting into it, man. He only got his ass kicked by a corner. Well, you know, it, 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 the positive here, it's not a frustration that where he's taking it out like on the other on teammates or something like that, where we've seen him turn on his own organization before. Uh, this was just, you know what? He was getting shut down. But what they've done here, and this team is so dynamic, they have so many talents, they can easily spread this ball around here. Uh, they're using the tight ends effectively, using the tight ends effectively. And when you rely on that running game, as you said, when we're bringing the power from the backfield and we're only going to get stronger in that backfield, we're going to have more weapons to continue on. Just feed the chub. Give it to the chub. Everybody in Cleveland needs to get a chub. Give it to Nick Chubb and let that offense go. Baker Mayfield goes 20 of 30, 342 yards, one touchdown, one awful interception. Baker, when he throws 31 passes or less, 6-0. and When Baker throws 32 passes or more, 3-9. and Well, what you do, as you said, you, you, it, it might, you, you might have stumbled onto a tremendous marketing ploy here, Jargo. I mean, we start printing the T-shirts, Chubb up. Yep, everyone get a Chubb. Cleveland get needs chub a Chubb. Chub up in the land. But yeah, you control the ball, you control the clock there, and then rely, and then you let Baker just make those big throws when you need with that big strong arm to spread that field to keep the other to keep the defenses honest. Browns legit or bullshit? Huckleberry obviously thinks they're legit. I still think they're bullshit. I think I think they get into the playoffs as a wild card team, but I still I don't buy this team at all. Well, I talking at the vision real quick here. Uh, just a swing there. We, we saw another division game. Absolute embarrassment from in my hometown team, the Bengals. Uh, Pittsburgh looked incredible. Uh, they were picking the Bengals apart, just dumping, letting them run here. Started up 0-3. That, this Pittsburgh team's only one game behind in this division. And they hook up uh, with the Ravens this week, which is a game to keep an eye on. Yep. Give it to the Rudolph. Good old Rudolph. Let's talk about the Rams. Uh, the Rams got embarrassed this week, Rick. They got embarrassed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their own house. And I think the Rams are bullshit. Week one, they beat Carolina by three freaking points. 
And that was when they still had Cam. Week two, they beat New Orleans 27-9, but that's the game where Drew Brees goes down, so the Saints just completely fall apart. Week three, they beat Cleveland by seven. Here they get embarrassed by Tampa Bay. 55 points at home to Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think the Rams are bullshit. And here, here it comes. Here's what happened. They paid Todd Gurley. And when they paid Todd Gurley, they had to let not one, but two offensive linemen move along. And now Jared Goff is running for his goddamn life. He had 11 rushing attempts in this game. He threw the ball 68 times in this game. 68 freaking times. Thankfully, I started him as my fantasy quarterback. Mad points. Absolutely on the mark there, Jarko. This team has been showing these signs all season. They had been bending, 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 and now they finally broke. Uh, and props to Tampa to go coast to coast uh, and go just take care of business. They had an excellent game plan. They executed perfectly, and they just went up there and just took it to the Rams. I don't get it, man. I mean, I look at that Rams defense. How do you give up 55 points to Jameis Winston? Hey, props, props, props to the Bucks. I mean, one thing that you can say about the Rams, they've turned the ball over 13 times. 13 times in four games. Well, it, it, it's, what's going to be very interesting here is this quick turnaround, and they go into Seattle tonight. You think they have buyer's remorse already on, on paying Jared Goff? Uh, I think, you know, what this is, it's more telling of you're going to see, you know, how does this, this, this trickle-down effect? Uh, as you're seeing, you know, when – if when you have to cut in the trenches to you know to sustain the contracts of these superstar players at these marquee positions, they ultimately pay for it. And what is that going? You know, how is that going to kind of ripple out across the league? And what are we going to see for contracts for next year and things like that? And we regularly talk about these overpayments and how ultimately it's a detriment to your team. It's a cancer within. Should have moved him. They should have moved Jared Goff. They should have sent him to like Washington, taken that draft pick, draft another quarterback. I, I think that's going to be the next evolution inside of the NFL. Just drafting these college quarterbacks, keep them for five years, boom, send them off, draft another one. That's the only way you can pay to put a freaking team around them. Well, the, would we talk about that in the negotiation, the next negotiation coming up, they're going to try to prevent that. Yeah. Because when these, these players get to that tier where they think they're going to get that big payday, nope, you, we're done with you. We're going to go get another guy. We're going to ride that pony for, for five years. Uh, we can franchise tag and get you know, up to seven years out of these guys, and then, they're, then you're gone. Yep. Uh, you're you, you know, it's kind of it's going to get into that mentality that we see with WWE. We don't need mega stars anymore. You're a cookie cutter. You're coming off the assembly line. We can throw you in the trash because we got ten more creator wrestlers ready to go for you. Plug and play. Something ain't right with Todd Gurley. I don't know what what the hell he he didn't recover from that injury, man. Like something just is not right with Todd Gurley. He is not the same running back he was. Chiefs escaped the Lions 34 to 30. Rick, are you buying the Lions? I mean, we wrote them off after that week one tie with Arizona. Should we pencil them back in? The Lions have looked really good the last couple of weeks. I, I wouldn't I don't think that we really wrote them off. Uh we said then. Okay. Well, I wrote them off. I thought that okay. team was awful. Well, no, no. I, I'm going to I, I I said then what I'm going to say now. It's Lions football. They do this regularly. They're in these close games. It's just, you know, if they can catch a break, if it if, if something falls apart, it something falls apart for them. Their problem is sometimes, though, in these situations, they can't 
kind of get over themselves being the lions. If that makes sense, you know, it's, it, they, they just kind of always just that that's lions football. Yeah. Um, you know, just as easily though, you, they get that big, they got that big win against Philly. That was a drop pass that, that was caught. He's walking into the end zone. Lions lose that game. Uh, I think this is a, a tremendous step forward for them. Um, you, you find positives in taking the L uh, you never want to see that, you know, get that extra mark in that column, but you, you need to take a little positive from it. And to, to keep the Chiefs on the ropes here, are we starting? As we've seen the Rams here, the Ben Ben Ben, they broke. When are we going to see the Chiefs break? Because they haven't looked overly impressive. They're really missing Tyreek Hill. Uh, he he is clearly Patrick Mahomes' his, his favorite target. Um, this is probably the worst game Patrick Mahomes has played since, since he has been an NFL quarterback. I don't know what it was. If it was just the dome, the noise, I don't know what the hell it was, but. Mahomes looked awful in that game. Well, you know, he's still dealing with injuries himself. Yeah. And we, we commented on that week one when he twisted that damn ankle. Uh, let's talk a little bit about week five as we wrap up this week's show. The Vegas pick of the week. All right. So I'm three and one so far this week. I'm going to take the Giants. Yeah. I'm really, really liking uh, Daniel Jones, man. Danny Dimes. Up there just killing it for the New York football Giants. Giants laying five points at home to the Vikings. I kind of like the Giants to win that game. Kirk Cousins is freaking awful. I can't believe Minnesota paid that kid $28 million a year. And now, it just came out earlier this afternoon, Stephon Diggs wants out. He knows how bad Kirk Cousins is. He wants traded. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That's a head-scratcher in itself. Yep, take the Giants. Home dog. Uh, let's throw it over to Steve Austin. It's time for the Stone Cold Box. Hit me with it, Steve. Give me a hell yeah. Huckleberry, I'm going all in again. You betcha. One of my favorite teams to pick is whoever's playing the Cleveland Browns. This week, I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers over your Cleveland Browns. And I'm also going to take the Los Angeles football chargers to take off. The, the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are the worst team in the league, not named Cincinnati or Miami. Cool. Yeah, you, you keep going against them dogs, man. They're, they're going to bite you. They're going to bite you this week, but another another game under the bright lights. It, it seems like, hey, we're just primetime brownies right now. Uh, I don't think they have many Sunday afternoon games, it seems like here. But George Kittle going to eat you up. Let me pull mine up here for you. Let me, let me see what I got here. I am actually going to go with. Uh, I'm going to take the. I'm going to take the Giants at home, as you just mentioned there, against Minnesota. I'm going to take them for the win and keep moving up in that win column. And then I'm also going to take. I'm going to stay in the NFC East, and I'm going to take the Eagles hosting the Jets. Oh, that 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 one seems like a pretty good pick. That 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 seems like an easy win right there. Hey, I did want to make mention, though, uh, before we get out of here, as we're talking about our picks here on the show, let me pull up the, the graphic here. As we got our hashtag HTM Sports Pick'em Week 4 leaderboard, I'm going to get that posted here along with uh, with the show as we update everything. Uh, but still sitting there at the top, Jargo, you're kind of knotted up. You and Mr. Kennedy at 41. We got A-Track Black coming in at 40. Bobo at 40. Matt Singleton at 40. And then kind of the rest of us there. But I, I got to say, you know, when we post the leaderboard here, it's a screenshot I can get in there. I got to call out our boy over at the, uh, at the reflections, the pro wrestling reflection, pro wrestling reflections here on uh, HMG. Tommy Wonder, where are you at, dude? Still, still cannot crack the screenshot. 
Ouch. Can't crack the screenshot. That's hilarious. So that's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button, whether you be at hittingthemarks.com or at hackerhameen.podbean.com. You can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. I'll probably be watching hockey, so I'll be too busy to talk to you. RBV, how do the peeps, the freaks, and the geeks find you? Well, as always, you can keep up with uh, me, Rick Vickery, across all social media platforms at The Real RBV. Uh, you know, thank you, Jargon. It kind of reminded me there. We don't have any wrestling to watch tonight, so <laughs> we got to kick back and, uh, and relax a little bit, uh, get fired up and ready to go for uh, Friday Night SmackDown. Well, we get out of here real quick, uh, who do you give the edge to so far between uh, what, we've seen, what we've seen from the three shows? Who's, who's really stood out to you? Um, I, I think AEW absolutely impressed last night. Um, we now have the viewership numbers. Uh, I predicted 1.5 million. They came in at 1.4. NXT finished with 890,000. I had predicted 850,000. So pretty much right in line there. Um, I, I think AEW has thus far won this week. And I say that because Monday Night Raw, I thought was a much better show than it has been, but they didn't do anything. Like, wow, I, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that tomorrow because I think they absolutely accomplished a lot, uh, and we're we're gonna have some a great conversation back and forth. Uh, I know we're, we're kind of seeing some things differently, so the uh, hitting work pro wrestling podcast is always good when, when you're getting into a, a little verbal joust between Jargo and RVB. Uh, NXT basically presented a takeover, and they still lost the night, and they can't do that every week. You, you can't do three championship matches every week. So I think going forward into next week, AEW has a leg up because you can always step up from where they were last night. I don't think it was a perfect show. Um, it, it was far from a home run, but I would give them a good solid double. Uh, I think, you know, I, I'm going to try to go back and, and go through each of the shows. Um, really, really hammer out my notes as we get ready to record tomorrow. But, uh, you know, surprisingly, I, I think right now I'm going to give the edge to Raw. I, I think they, they made a tremendous stride forward. As you said, it's it's much better than anything we've seen in, you know, hell, almost memory from Raw. Uh, I, I like the changes and all that. Again, though, how aggressive can you continue to be? Yep. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Hittingthemarks.com for an all-new episode. I got to go get uh, old man Athers. I got to get his new show up, too. So we will talk to you tomorrow. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya!